Welcome in, my friends, to the show that never ends. The episodes might end, but the show keeps rolling along. I am with my co-host tonight, Stompy. You can find him at FF Stompy on Twitter. Stompy, how are you doing today, bud? Did you just quote Circus Number Nine? I did. By, by the band? I, I did, yeah. All actually. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sure people don't know what the hell we're talking about, but if no. you don't, you're missing out on great music. I'm good. How are you, James? It's just you and I. Yeah, it's just, it's just the two of us and uh, just and Stompy. The two of us. There we go. Yes, yeah, we can make it if we try. Just the two of us. Okay. We're just gonna have a good music podcast tonight. This that's what's gonna happen. Um, that was good, man. That was good. All right. So yeah, I'm th- I'm doing well. Uh, I really am. No complaints. Uh, keeping things positive. Trying to at least. And uh, and and things have been good. Things have been good. You know. So uh, I have not been trying to keep things positive. In fact, I was told that if I keep putting my negative energy out there, I could be easier infected by COVID. So that was some hokum hokum shit. And I've been yelling at people on twitter about wearing masks and everybody's trying to refute me and i'm like why do, why does this affect you wear your goddamn mask quit being selfish wear a mask yeah man i i get it um i i'm i i wear my mask everywhere but uh but i I've, I've really been trying to concentrate on the positives just because it's so easy to be negative when we're when we're all kind of cooped up here and and everything's going on and i just i find myself in a negative state of mind and uh and it affects me so i've been trying to keep things positive and one of the things that has really helped is podcasting with you guys because normally i get off the podcast and my brain is thinking about nothing but fantasy football and the stuff i learned and the stuff i talked to uh you guys about so um that's that's what I'm looking forward to tonight. And we are we're doing part two of our uh, Battlefield Superflex. Battlefield Superflex. Battlefield Superflex Volume Two. You got to do I, it, Mister. You got to do it, Mister. Movie Phone Voice. Yeah, but I. I yeah. Battlefield Superflex. Battlefield Superflex. Nice. Or nice. like the I'm, Halo guy, like you know, Kill Tacular. Battlefield Superflex. Nice, nice. I'm going to give my hand. Uh, I'm going to give a shot at this, all right? From the minds that brought you Battlefield Superflex Volume 1. Battlefield Superflex Volume 2. Quarterbacks versus receivers and tight ends. Prepare for battle. There you go. All well right. done. All right, good deal. All right. We, so- we should, if any radio people are listening or movie people that need like us to talk over stuff uh i'm sure you can get a hold of us somehow yeah yeah on twitter on twitter at yep. and underscore james the brain just you know get at us we can we can pound that out real quick doesn't take us long but uh no i i am looking forward to this man because we're I, so what let's pre let's prerequisite this what we're doing tonight we are taking we're looking at quarterbacks and we are going okay what other position player, and tonight we're doing wide receivers and tight ends, what other wide receivers slash tight end would we take and start over this quarterback in Superflex? Now, the caveat to that is, is this was a whole lot easier with running backs because Stompy, like you and I discussed um, before we started recording tonight, running backs just tend to score more points per game. 
and uh, tend to be more reliable. They get more touches, right, than wide receivers and tight ends. So this is really tough for us because yeah. we didn't uh, – so, so the caveat here is – Look, we might take these guys for a year over the quarterback. We might, we might, you know, uh, maybe it's a long-term thing. We wouldn't take them for this year, but in the long run, we'd rather have this guy. Or maybe it's, you know, there are a few games that I could see myself starting this wide receiver over this quarterback. Um, so, so that's going to be the caveat I'm going to throw out there because uh, it, it there are some difficult names on this list, Stompy, and the first one's Carson Wentz. Prepare for battle. Uh, I, I know you struggled with this one. Um, who, who's a guy that uh, that you said, hey, look, I'm, I consider taking him over Carson Wentz, or I consider starting him in my super flex spot over Carson Wentz? I guess before I answer that, we also need to acknowledge that um, these answers are people that it's like, okay, this is the – level or the tier that I'm willing to start over this given quarterback. So there might be, and, and it, it, and it really depends on how you build your team. Um, for instance, like Cortland Sutton or Kenny Galladay could end up being the, a wide receiver three on your team somehow, if you went wide receiver heavy, it's not very likely, but it could, but the, the point is here. And, and I know, I know, and I'm going to talk, sh- uh, talk some, ish we'll say ish like you stopped yourself and you stopped yep. short i like try it. it i like the stop short. short i think it's talk some ish with is what they use on the radio about our uh co-host john but i get the point he's trying to make here that there's just not a lot of uh there's not a lot of um skill positions that you're going to start over the quarterback it's just not going to over the court your quarterback too it's just not going to happen because even when you look at quarterback or running backs the top 10 possibly maybe not even that top eight are the only ones that score higher than most of the quarterback or higher than any of the quarterbacks really if i if i look at like how qb breaks down i mean the top running back christian mccaffrey obviously is kind of one of those asterisks where it's like okay well he gets a thousand yards running and pat and and uh receiving so he 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 averaged 29.3 and the next was Dalvin cook. And that was 23. Uh, that was points per game. Dalvin cook is 21.2. So Christian Cavery's in his own stratosphere when it comes to um, his points per game. But then, uh, then it gets, I mean, you, you have a tremendous cliff there. I mean, maybe Saquon can get up there, but when you look at Q, like QBs, the, the QB, uh, sorry, I'm looking here. QB is 20, 28. And, and this cl- includes guys like Eli Manning, who had 19.2 points per game, believe it or not. But Q- QB 28, Derek Carr uh, scored 19.2 points per game. And when you, when I look at the top, the, the running backs, only the top six last year outscored Derek Carr in points per game. So we get the idea. John is trying to hammer home the point that you shouldn't be starting. This is why QBs are so valuable because you shouldn't be starting a uh, a skill position over that second QB. But we're going to try and make an attempt and say, okay, if I'm really looking at this, these are the guys that I would feel okay about starting above them. The one the one asterisk that I have to I have to add in here, Stompy, and I think you'll agree. You don't start 
any of these position players really over that second quarterback unless that second quarterback is Sam Darnold, right? Right. And then it's Philip Lindsay. Yeah. There over you go. Sam Darnold. That's the shout out to all the uh, haters. Um, anyway, so we'll get to the actual uh, answer to the question of Carson Wentz. Now, initially when I looked at, at the show sheet, I'm not really starting any wide receiver or tight end above Carson Wentz. Um, Trade addicts, uh, six who what we're in, and you, which one are you in, James? I am in the best one, trade addicts three. Okay, there you go. Are you, are you 1.75 or 1.5 TE premium? Uh, 1.75, I believe. Okay. I mean, so many will use uh, so, so in the trade addicts scoring, the only wide receiver that you would be starting over most quarterbacks, most quarterbacks is. Michael Thomas. Um, other than that, like they're like m- much like running backs, the cor- the wide receivers, there's kind of a, a legitimate cliff after Michael Thomas, like four points per game after Michael Thomas. But where, where I, when I'm looking at where Carson Wentz is ranked in terms of trade addict scoring. So that's 1.75 tight end premium for, and it's super flex, obviously. Um, it's it's Travis Kelsey and Michael Thomas are the only two skill position players. Oh, and I guess Christian McCaffrey, but are the only two wide receiver or tight ends that are finishing above Carson Wentz. So that gives you an idea. I wouldn't honestly like if I was faced with the, with this dilemma of Wentz starting in my QB two or a skill position player. I know that. There's no skill position player on my team that I can make a good argument for unless Carson Wentz is facing like the worst matchup. And like, like last year, he didn't have any wide receivers. He didn't have anybody to throw the ball to. So there's that caveat to this, but um, I'll give an answer. I suppose I won't cop out on this one. The, the one, the latest guy that's going right now that I would probably feel comfortable starting over Carson Wentz is Juju Smith-Schuster. And the reason is we've seen Juju excel twice already. Last year, obviously, uh, notwithstanding because of his quarterback situation and injuries. But I think Juju Smith-Schuster can beat Carson Wentz in a few games this season in terms of points. Again, not starting any of these guys over Carson Wentz. Really, if I have Carson Wentz on my team as a QB2, but I think among the top wide receivers, Juju's about the latest guy that I would be willing to do that with. Yeah, and that's that's fair. I, I'm, I'm going to kind of place a caveat out here, too. First off, I'm not as high on Carson Wentz as others are, uh, so... There were a few receivers that I considered, but uh, but the receiver I'm I'm gonna go with. I expect him to take a big step forward. And while I wouldn't start him every week over Carson Wentz at the superflex spot, there would be weeks that I would consider it. And that is Calvin Ridley. I expect Calvin Ridley to be what everyone thinks DJ Moore is going to be this year. DJ Moore is going as the wide receiver six in ADP. Um, I think Calvin Ridley can hit that ceiling. I, I really do. And I think the gradual progression that is going to see Calvin Ridley become the wide receiver one in that offense takes its second step this year. Um, we're we're going to go a little bit more towards that. And look, it's not a knock on Julio. I'm not saying Julio Jones can't be, you know, is, is going to be useless this year in fantasy. 
I just think that you could see those targets kind of get flipped. Um, where Julio's going to start putting up the numbers that Calvin Ridley did, and Calvin Ridley is going to start putting up those Julio numbers. It would not shock me. Uh, that that transition is coming sooner rather than later. I think it's it's important for Atlanta to do that. I don't think that this is a team that has aspirations of winning a Super Bowl this year. Uh, I, I think they can be competitive, but I, I, I don't think that this – I mean – I've heard a lot of people who are very high on Atlanta. I think that that's at best the third best team in that division after Tampa Bay added what they did and New Orleans being where they're at. That defense is terrible, by the way. Mm -hmm. So if you're a high on Atlanta, don't be. Because at the end of the day, regardless of how good your offense is, and that offense will be good. I mean, with Julio, Calvin Ridley, uh, Matt Ryan, and then Todd Gurley there as well, that offense should be good. Um, but uh, part of the reason that they should be good is they'll be throwing a lot because that defense is not good. So yeah. don't ever believe in Atlanta. Yeah, um, you said it, man. You said it, uh, that that offense should be good because the defense is so bad. I think they're going to pass a lot. I, I will say, obviously, this is a bit of a stretch, but I don't hate it that much. Um, if If I think where you're going is where you're going, <laughs> um. So I think the major point here is that, like you said, Julio Jones is getting older. Calvin Ridley stepping into his third season uh, had basically back-to-back breakout seasons in the top 24, I believe. Um, but also, Austin Hooper's gone. 97 targets are gone. Now we can't say that those targets are all going to be filled by so-and-so, but I have to feel that some of those targets will be siphoned to Calvin Ridley and to Julio Jones. I don't think Hayden Hurst is going to get near 100 targets. I just don't think that's how it's going to go. He's not as good as Austin Hooper in my mind. I don't think Todd Gurley's going to get a lot of those targets, even though um, Devontae uh, – oh, my God, Freeman. Devonta, sorry, Devonta Freeman uh, <laughs> had 70-some-odd targets last season. So yeah, I mean, feasibly he could have, he could be a top or he could be a wide receiver one this year. Um, so I don't hate it that much on that front. Um, obviously I'm higher on Carson Winston. You, as you said, because he has been a wide receiver one, basically the last three seasons or wide receiver QB one, the last three seasons, he, he just continues to put up numbers. Sure. He hasn't put up what he did in 2017, that year that he tore his ACL, and had, it should have been the MVP, really, if I think about it, if you think about it. Um, but he's still putting up 20-plus point per game seasons, and like I said, it is a QB1. Uh, so, again, while I don't think it's the, that much of a reach, I just – to me, it's just one of those things where it's like I don't think outside of in, – in, in Dynasty, this is probably the only, only the case in Dynasty or Keeper Leagues where you would be able to have a guy – let's just say a Michael Thomas, a Julio Jones, and a Devontae Adams. That, that is the only time in, like, a, like I said, a Keeper League or a Dynasty League where you pick those guys up in, uh, over, over the years that you would start a wide receiver – or a tight end if you had Travis Kelsey and George Kittle somehow. That's the only way that you would start a wide receiver or a tight end over Carson Wentz, really, if we think about it. Yeah, I think weekly. I think you're right. If we're looking at every week, if we're looking at a trade, 
and and you know you're trading Carson Wentz for some someone straight up. Yeah, I agree. I think again, my caveat was more or less there are going to be some weeks when I think Calvin Ridley's ceiling is going to be higher than Carson Wentz's might be, and I I would consider starting him at my super flex spot if those were my options certain weeks. Uh, but no, I, I I totally agree with you. I, I mean, and and you know, truth be told, as we go down this list, it's supposed to get a whole lot easier. And uh, and and you know, some of the guys that we get to are going to be a little bit more replaceable than others. So um, the next thing we have, Stompy, is Josh Allen. Prepare for battle. And this is one I struggled with, and. Uh, just because the fantasy points are there for Allen, um, he's got multiple ways that he can get them, and he seems to, you know, for two straight years, he's he's been getting them. So, uh, yeah. who's who, who do you have as a guy that you'd consider over Allen? I think this might have been the most difficult for me because it's one of those things where it's like I know that Josh Allen's going to get me fifteen plus points every week, um, and twenty plus points in in several of those weeks. So it's like it's still one of those things where it's like. What I try, I, I trust, I would trust Josh Allen more than most of these guys. And by the way, last year in, in trade addict scoring, Josh Allen finished above Carson Wentz. So uh, take that for what it's worth. But um, one interesting one here, and I, I decided to go this route, uh, is uh, Robert Woods because Brandon Cooks is gone. Robert Woods was a wide receiver one for LA last year. Um, he will be the wide receiver one for LA this year. While they will play more two tight end sets, I think that Robert Woods will play a lot more on the outside and that could lead to much bigger or, or a higher a dot. And then um, I hire or, and more of those big plays and more, more scoring opportunities in my mind. Um, Robert Woods is just being taken a lot later right now. Um, likely because of his age, even though he's only like 28 or 29. So he's still got a few years, but Robert Woods is, is a legitimate, I think wide receiver one at this point, he should be at least. And he just keeps getting underrated and he's done it in three straight years, basically where he's put up good numbers three straight years, even though that, that entire team is crowded on offense. So again, while I'm not starting most of these guys over Josh Allen, Robert Woods is a guy where I could see, yeah, I could start him over Josh Allen in some weeks where Josh Allen is facing a brutal matchup and Robert Woods is facing a good one, or even, even just uh, a great matchup for Robert Woods could, could trump Josh Allen for me in general. Yeah, that uh, man. I, okay. So truth be told, I've never gotten on board with the Robert Woods hype. I, I haven't, I didn't. You missed out. Yeah. I, I That's guess what I just I, traded. I traded Juju and Alvin Kamara. For 1.02, Robert Woods and Zach Ertz, I think. Oh, that's terrible. That's a terrible trade for you. Why, why would you do that? Because I can get John, uh, Jonathan, or I will get Jonathan Taylor. Okay, well. You on board now, son? You on board? Because I know that the guy, actually the guy that I traded with had the 1.01. This is not a super flex. And he, had, he said he was going Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And I was like, good, because I'm going Jonathan Taylor, the RB1 in this class. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. I'm, I'm so it was more of a recycle. Like, you know me and Kamara. Kamara's my guy, but it was more mm-hmm. of a let we need to recycle a little bit. Let's get Kamara out while he's on top. 
and I'll bring in the young guy. This is really hard sometimes to podcast with you, Stompy, and I'm going to tell you why. Because last year, I think you and I did not see eye to eye on very much. This year, it's the exact opposite. Almost everything you say, I agree with. Almost all the guys that you like, I like. The guys that you're fading, I'm fading. And so it's just kind of, it's, it's, it makes it for like, I mean, it's just very agreeable. It's just, I mean, I could start making stuff up and just start yelling if that's just what people start want. liking everyone that you don't like right now. Well, okay? I can't do that. Cannot okay. do that. That's, man. All right. Well, <clears throat> I tell you what, the guy who I took over Josh Allen here <clears throat> is a wide receiver, and that's Odell Beckham Jr. Um, I, Look, he struggled last year, and and he really – it was pointed out to me that he – the last few years, he hasn't been fantastic. He hasn't been like a number one wide receiver in a while. It's been a little bit. So, uh, you know, I I expect a a decent bounce back from Beckham Jr. this year. I do. I think Odell's going to to be better. Um, But I I think his opportunities might be a little bit more limited than what you would like. but I, I, I think if I'm looking at receiver, I'm looking at upside. Odell Beckham Jr. is in his prime right now at 28 years old. He, you know, he should be hitting his prime. He should be hitting those years that he should be putting up really big numbers. I think he's capable of it. I think he's in a better offensive system. And so I think that there are going to be weeks that I would start uh, OBJ over Josh Allen. As a matter of fact, if somebody sent me a trade offer, where they were going to give me OBJ and I was going to give them Josh Allen, while I'd probably counter and try to add a little bit more, to be honest, because quarterbacks are just their value is much higher. Um, I might consider it depending on my roster build. So yeah, I I, I took uh, Odell Beckham here, and uh, I expect you, Stompy, to disagree with me here. I kind of do. Um, I think the cocaine may have aged him a little bit. So he, he, sure. He's like 28 years old, but really he's like 33 because he can't stay on the field. Let's be realistic about that. That dude cannot stay on the field. Uh, he's been injured basically each of the last three years, right? Pretty minor last year. Uh, I mean, he still had the hip issue last year, but even the, the year before that 12 games, the year before that only four. So, um, I mean, listen, I, I expect a bounce back for the Browns. Um, I don't really know all, what to expect from Stefanski, but I expect somewhat of a positive regression from the Browns, and that that's OBJ and, and Baker. But I just don't like Baker is the issue. And Jarvis Landry is there, and they have Austin Hooper and Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, and you get the idea. I don't think I, – I, I just don't know how to feel about OBJ right now. He wasn't, he didn't get the touchdowns. He hasn't had the touchdowns each of the last three seasons. Of course, when you have injury shortened seasons, that happens. I just can't trust Baker and OBJ right now. And so for me, it's like one of those things where I'm like, okay, Josh Allen, I know as long as he's on the field, he's giving me 15 plus points. I don't know that with OBJ because I just don't know. I mean, Baker's just kind of a, he's like Andy Dalton-ish for me, where he's like middle-of-the-road quarterback that I don't think you can rely on to win you games is my issue. It's, and you're a Browns fan, too, and you agree somewhat, or I think you agree with me on, on Baker. Yeah, I, I've never bought in a Baker, uh, and and I'm still very hesitant to. I don't think he's a difference maker at the quarterback position at all. Um, 
and I, and I was saying that years ago when he was drafted number one overall and people were telling me I was nuts. So, uh, but yeah, I, I don't think he's a difference maker. So I do agree with you there. My, here is my concern with Josh Allen and tell me if this is just me kind of making up a narrative or, or whether there may be some concern here is look, they add Stefan Diggs and they have John Brown and Dawson Knox is going into his second year. So you look and you think, boy, that sporting cast is getting better. The problem is now there's more pressure on Josh Allen to, to throw the ball, to, to get the ball to these playmakers, to make plays with his arm rather than his legs. And to me, that's a little concerning. Um, so I, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm making a, a, a you know, a mountain out of a, out of a molehill or something, but I, I, to me, it's a concern. And, uh, and that's, that's kind of the only reason why I'm semi hesitant on, on Josh Allen. I, I mean, I get it. I, I do. I just, this team, the bills are built around defense and running the ball. And, and that's what you need in Buffalo to win really, if you think about it and you need a big arms quarterback that can cut the, the wind or cut through the wind there. But I, I do think that Diggs adds a dimension and, and now they, they have three guys there where it's like, wow, this is going to be tough to cover them. But <laughs> when you're Josh Allen and you've seen what Josh Allen has, when, when, when you're the coach, you, you're, you're, uh, it's not Anthony Lynn, is it? Yes, it is. Anthony. Lynn. No, that's McDermott, Sean McDermott. Got it. <laughs> um, when you're Sean McDermott and you're watching Josh Allen and, and watching how who he is as a passer. By the way, happy birthday, Josh Allen, as we're recording this. Um, but when you watch him as a passer, sure he improved a bit last year, but I don't think I don't think he's the reason he's not a good passer is he's missing weapons. I mean, John Brown is a fantastic pass catcher. Cole Beasley is a fantastic pass catcher. They did fine last year. They're just not going to throw the ball all that much in my head. I think they're going to throw it probably around 500 times like they did last season. But one of the reasons that Josh Allen is winning in the NFL is because he is an athlete. He's a gamer. He's, he's a a slightly better Tim Tebow. If I, if, if I'm being real, a slightly bigger and better Tim Tebow. So that's my issue is like, they're going to use, that is a weapon for Josh Allen, much like it is a weapon for Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray is in order to win with, with specifically Josh Allen, you need to have the RPO type. You need to have him run and and be a weapon a, a running weapon where they had the defenses have to worry about him. Sure. Now you, you did upgrade your pass, your, your, your uh, pass catchers, but I don't I, maybe maybe his completion percentage goes up a bit maybe his yards go up a bit just in terms of a dot stuff because they're just going to chuck the ball down the field why not but I just I, I still think he's got 500 plus uh, rushing yards um, for the f- foreseeable future he's going to be Cam Newton to me basically yeah I agree with what you're saying as far as his his legs being a weapon and that's how they're winning games is his athleticism and and being a dual threat i I agree with all that I guess my my problem is is that all those all those pass catchers that they had last year they're still there mm-hmm. uh, but then they added Stefan Diggs. so where where who is who are those targets getting siphoned from if they're throwing the same amount? Is is my concern um, because they they got to come from somewhere, and I don't think this was a high volume passing offense, anyways. 
But when you add Stefan Diggs, I think that, you know, you, you almost want to, you, you want to throw more, right? Because you have that weapon. And it, I don't know. I, I, I'm just concerned that that's going to be the thing is, Hey, look, we don't want our quarterback running a ton because we'd like him healthy. Um, so let's cut down on some of his rushing opportunity and, now we can pass more because we have another pass catching option, you know? Um, and, and to me that, that would hurt Josh Allen's fantasy value. Cause he's just not a great passer. He's a much better runner. Yeah. And, uh, and that to me is where he has fantasy value. So um, I, I don't know. I'm just a little hesitant on Josh Allen, but, but we got a bunch of names to get to Stompy. So let's move forward here. Prepare for battle. The next one's Matt Ryan. And I, I'm, I really want to hear your comp. Who would you who would you start over Matt Ryan? So this is interesting to me because Matt Ryan was the QB six last season, QB ten in points per game. He's in a high, I mean, he's in a high passing offense, high volume passing offense. That's what they are with Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, was Austin Hooper, now it's uh, Hayden Hurst, and then Todd Gurley who can catch passes as well. Um, and I think they're going to be playing from behind a lot. That secondary isn't good. Uh, I, they're, they're, uh, pass rushers are great, but I, I mean, that defense just isn't, isn't good all around. So I think they're going to be playing from behind a lot, therefore, uh, throwing a lot. Um, so Matt Ryan this year, I think might be a safe top 10 bet. Uh, so therein lies the issue for me. It's like, okay, this is another guy who, I don't know if you can really start anybody, any of the people that would be like the wide receiver three on your team. So, I mean, I'll just tell you, I think where I landed in terms of where I would feel comfortable starting above Matt Ryan, and it was DeAndre Hopkins. And that's going to bring an uproar, and I can hear people going, what the bleep, um, as, as I say that. But I'm not as high on DeAndre Hopkins this year. I, I think a lot of people see Kyler Murray next to that or with DeAndre Hopkins, and they're like, well, this is going to be awesome. But the fact of the matter remains is that they didn't th- – there's a lot of people there. There's a lot of pass catchers there. I mean, they got three wide receivers last season, and did they get more this season? I don't remember. But so so Larry Fitzgerald came back. You have Christian Kirk, DeAndre Hopkins. We can't forget about Keyshawn Johnson. I mean, I, people seem to be just writing off Hakeem Butler, even though he was injured in his first season, and he would, and he's an absolute monster of a person. Andy Isabella, um, Kenyon Drake. They do have Dan Arnold, which okay, fine. Let's let's all get. He's the mailman. Okay, whatever. Shut up. <laughs> he's not. He's not going to be fantasy relevant. But. I think DeAndre Hopkins only sees 120 targets this season, 120, 125, whereas he's seeing 140 plus with the Houston Texans as the only pass catching option that's healthy in that offense. So I think you're going to see him lose a little bit. So while this may not be that much of a a shock to a lot of people, DeAndre Hopkins, I think is not going to be a top two or three wide receiver this year. I mean, Wide receiver one, sure, but I think it, he might be back in wide receiver one. And so it's it's actually, uh, I mean, a little bit of a, a stretch. Now, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be who, whomever has him, probably likely he's your wide receiver one. So you're starting him anyway. But if how somehow you have DeAndre Hopkins or two of, like I said, three of the top 10 wide receivers, DeAndre Hopkins is is probably the last guy 
I would be starting over Matt Ryan in any situation or in most situations. Again, po- I mean, if it's a positive game script or it's going to be a positive game script game and Matt Ryan faces a great defense, different issue. I mean, game to game is different. But when I, when I just look at the names, DeAndre Hopkins is the guy I would be like the final guy I would be comfortable starting over Matt Ryan. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I agree with everything you said about Hopkins too. So I, I know we are in the minority, but uh, but yeah, I, I don't see a top five wide receiver when I look at DeAndre Hopkins this year. Like you said, that that offense is still relatively new. He's got to get used to a new playbook for the first time in his career. He's got to get used to a new quarterback, a new system. There's a lot of change there for DeAndre Hopkins. I don't know that I love him right away this year. Uh, but you know who I do love is Matt Ryan. I I the way I feel about Matt Ryan is the way that uh, that fantasy Twitter seems to feel about Matthew Stafford. I just feel like this guy is underrated every year. This guy is a, it should be a top five to eight quarterback in your rankings year in year out, because I mean, he might not be that in the NFL. I don't think he's a top five or top eight NFL quarterback, but for fantasy purposes, he is because they throw the ball an awful lot. And uh, and he completes enough of those of those passes and enough of those those plays. I mean, garbage time. This guy garbage time last year was just fantastic. And all those points still count. So uh, I, I really like Matt Ryan. Um, the answer I gave here for a guy I would take over Matt Ryan. The caveat that I have here is if you're in a tight end premium, it's got to be at least one and a half, maybe one point seven five uh, for me to consider it. And again, even then, I'm probably only starting him sometimes over over Matt Ryan. I don't even think I would trade Matt Ryan straight up for this player. So, uh, but Mark Andrews is, is the name I, I put out there. I just think Mark Andrews has a, a, a long career ahead of him. Uh, he's a big part of that Baltimore Ravens offense. He does a lot of his damage from the slot, which, which is nice because I mean, Baltimore just targets the slot. Lamar Jackson looks to that position. Um, but he also can do it in line, uh, whether blocking or whether running routes from in line as a tight end. So, uh, Mark Andrews is just one of those guys that's tied to an offense that is going to utilize his skill set very well. And, uh, and, and, and I like, I, I, I really am high on him, uh, moving forward. I just think he's a younger asset. So maybe in dynasty, you look at it, you know, in, in one year, I, I think, I'd still probably take Matt Ryan, but, uh, but with all those caveats thrown in, you know, uh, in a dynasty, it's 1.75, uh, or 1.5 at least for PPR, you know, for the tight end premium, maybe some weeks I would take Mark Andrews over Matt Ryan, but it, it was tough for me to come up with a name that I would take over Matt Ryan. That was realistic. Um, because I'm, I'm that high on Matt Ryan. I really like the guy a lot. Stompy. Well, and again, I mean, he's, he's likely going to be throwing a ton. Um, so uh, it's going to be tough week in, week out to start anybody over him. I mean, Matt Ryan very feasibly can be your QB two, but it's just going to be, I mean, I don't think you have the wider. I mean, some of these top end guys that we know can put up top 10 numbers. It's just really, really hard to uh, start somebody over s- some of those top 10 to even six or that was through maybe even those top ten, 16 QBs really, if I think about it. Because a lot of those guys, I mean, Stafford right now is going middle of the, or he's going in the teens in terms of QB rankings. And he was on pace for QB two or QB three numbers last year. So it's just, when you're talking about these top end guys that we know can produce numbers, it it gets, it's difficult to start anybody uh, over them. 
Yeah, I agree. Agreed. And speaking of one of the top quarterbacks, a guy who you and I both project to be a top 10 fantasy quarterback this year. Prepare for battle is Drew Locke. I know you're a bigger fan than I am, even though I, I've loved the dude since uh, since he came out of uh, of of uh, Mizzou. So um, I'm going to let you start, though. Drew Locke, who are you taking over your boy, Drew Locke, in a super flex league? You, you know, I should do like, well, you know, when Oprah does her book clubs or if you've watched Park, Parks and Rec and Joan does her book club thing for Leslie's book, I should do that for QBs. And that way, you know, you made it if I give you my like stamp of approval or, or if I choose you as the guy who I'm, who I'm touting as the breakout and, and maybe I should just start taping, do that, like a LeBron James type decision reveal where I tell you, tell everybody who my quarterback of the, the year is. If you, if you do that though, Stompy, you got to share it on Twitter with the gif from, uh, from, the Simpsons and it's, it's Ralph getting a, a Valentine's card from Lisa Simpson and there's a train on it and it says, I choo choo choose you. <laughs> and I just think that that would be perfect. So that, all right. All right. All deal. Right. Um, cool. So yeah, Drew Locke, uh, here's the issue. I think he can be a top 10. I think outside chance he can be a top five with that offense and with his arm talent. Um, the issue though, is he's a second year QB with a new coordinator with new weapons. Uh, so it's, it's this. Uh, so I take it back. I think the Josh Allen one was the second toughest. This was the toughest for me. Um, so I, I, I have to think about like what, like not, not elite tier wide receivers, but what kind of second or third tier wide receivers you would start over drew Locke. And I don't even know if this is a second tier. He like uh, he's like one point five tier, but Kenny Galladay, uh, I I don't think he was a wide receiver one last year. Let me look that up real quick. Um, but he still put up great. No, he was. He was the uh, wide receiver nine last year, with only having played with Matt Stafford for nine games, mind you. Still putting up points with uh, David Jeff Powell. and and. And and with with real quick with David Blau, he had a, like a huge game, didn't he? Was yeah. it Thanksgiving or something? He, there was one. Was it, was it versus? I think it was versus Chicago. Was it, it might have been on Thanksgiving? Yeah, and I, I um, think and he, he had 158 had yards. Yeah, and he had like 125 of those in like the first half. I think. Like so yeah, was- I mean, after after Matt Stafford went down, Drew or uh, Kenny Galladay only had two games under double digit points. Um, the rest of the way. And that's what David Blau and Jeff Driscoll, mind you. So if Matt Stafford is healthy all season, I don't know why he's not considered a wide receiver one in dynasty right now, but I think he very easily is top 10 and could be a top five wide receiver because that defense isn't great either. I mean, it just lost slay Um, that front, that front sevens not, hasn't been fantastic for a long time. Um. So they could be playing from behind often too. And having Matt Stafford, who has eclipsed 5,000 yards throwing the ball to you, and you being literally your nickname is Babytron. So you're like the second coming of Matt Stafford's favorite pass catcher. I don't know why he can't 
I mean, again, it's going to be tough with with these receivers we have, but he could end up being a top five wide receiver this year. So, but even even if he's not, he's still going to put up numbers. And I think that if I'm largely, if I'm facing the decision, let's just say in week four or five and and Drew Locke is playing fine, but he's not playing up to where I think he should be. Meanwhile, Galladay is just continuing where he, he finished last season. I'm probably starting Galladay at that point. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I, I think it's also fair to, to, you know, project that Kenny Galladay could be a top five wide receiver when he finished last year as number nine. I mean, you know, he's still young. He can, he can get better. You know, he can progress, especially if Stafford stays healthy. So I, I don't think that's a bad answer at all. I, I really like Kenny Galladay and I really like but, Drew Locke. So by the way, DeAndre Hopkins was the wide receiver five last season, at least according to FF Today. He only scored 264 points. Galladay had 250. So, I mean, that's pretty easy. That's like a, another point per game. And if if he has Matt Stafford, I have to believe that he can he can achieve that, especially with Marvin Jones being um, a little bit older. Uh, sure, they have TJ Hawkinson, but there's not really many passing options when it comes to the Detroit Lions. DeAndre Swift might help them. That 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 should mm-hmm. be an upgrade in the passing game at running back there. But um I either way, um I, I'm I'm gonna go to my guy and and the guy I listed here is is funny because uh he's in the same division, which has to hurt a little bit, right? Stomp. Um but, sure. I oh, okay. I don't really I don't really care about the NFC North, whatever. Well, no, no. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. No, that. Sorry. I was talking about, I was okay. Yes. All right. And how dare you? Yes. Actually, that's not really a how dare you because when you hear the name, you're like, well, duh. (laughs) Yeah. It's Travis Kelsey. It's Travis Kelsey for me. And obviously if you have Travis Kelsey, he's your, he's your number one tight end. It's a no brainer. Um, But that's, that's kind of where I'm at with Drew Locke is, you know, there might be some receivers I would take over him. But as far as my rankings go, I, Travis Kelsey is the guy that I would, uh, I would, I would take and start over Drew Locke, and obviously him being a part of you know a high-powered offense and a tight end premium league, um, you know you're you now, yeah. I mean, I, w- I would start Kelsey, but I, I'm so high on Drew Locke that it's difficult for me to find guys that I would start over him that are reasonable uh, because I, I just have him ranked higher than most other people do. I think his ceiling is very high, like you and I. Uh, like you you stated earlier, Stompy, top ten is is to me almost feels safe, you know, with an outside shot at top five. I mean, you look at his supporting cast. He's got Cortland Sutton again. He has Noah Fant entering his second year of the offense. He's got Jerry Judy now. He has Melvin Gordon, who's a very good pass catching back. Phil Woodsy, who's a great pass catching back. I mean, the option. I, I and I mean, who else did they? Get? Uh, they got uh, Hamler, right? So Hamler, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They drafted Hamler to who? I mean, if you're lacking one thing on the field, it's that deep speed. Well, not anymore. I, I mean, you ha- you can attack every part of the field and uh, through the passing game uh, on that offense. I really like what they have there, and uh, and Drew Locke has has the possibility of being a top five fantasy quarterback. I truly believe that. So it would take someone like Travis Kelsey for me to, uh, to, to start over a guy like Drew Locke. This one's a little iffy for me. I mean, I love Drew Locke, but in 1.75 with Travis Kelsey, it's, (laughs) I mean, we're talking top, 
25 scores and or no top six. He's he was 16th in scoring above Carson Wentz below Josh Allen last year. Um, he may get a little bit less of a load this year just because Tyreek should be fully healthy. Uh, Nicole Hardman's entering his second season. They have Clyde Edwards Hilaire and Damian. We can't forget about Damian Williams. So, uh, it'll. <laughs> It'll be interesting. I don't think he's going to get near 100 receptions, but then again, I don't know. I, I just don't. I mean, he's only 30, really, if we think about it. So the dude's going to put up numbers. I think this is <laughs> – I, I don't know if this is more of – this is a large vote of confidence for Drew Locke. Um, so I would be willing to start something lower than that, but uh, obviously. But, I mean, if you're that confident in Drew Locke, uh, <laughs> I mean, I get it. I, I do. I, I'm I'm confident in Drew Locke. I don't know if I'm that confident, Drew Locke. Fair enough. So so let's say I Josh Allen was QB six last year. Yep. So if if he was just after QB six, let's say there's a little bit of regression and maybe a quarterback or two pass him. So then what we're saying is Drew Locke would have to be QB seven, maybe QB eight on the season to, to outscore. Well, and this is using last year's statistics and what. Sure. Sure. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, I, but I, I guess the thing for me is stability because I, while, while there is confidence there, I think you need to hedge your bets a little bit and not be like, well, I'm a hundred percent in on him. I'm like 95% on him. I'll give my, my 5% wiggle room there. Um, so that, that's one of those things where it's like, okay. Um, in you, that's where like Deandre Hopkins, Evan Ingram, uh, Devonte Adams. Well, he's probably going a lot earlier than that. Um, Mark Andrews is probably a guy there as well that I'd be starting Keenan Allen, maybe, but maybe not this year, actually. Um, Kenny Galladay, Cortland Sutton, his teammate. I, I think you can start guys that are a little bit lower in terms of rankings and ADP. Or I think you, I, I think you, you would feel. I, actually, I'll pose it this way: If you had, if somehow you had, let's just say, George, George Kittle, and Travis Kelsey on your team, and you have Drew Locke as your QB two, are you starting? Are you starting Kelsey over Drew Locke at that point? I mean, and then, and then I, I'll I, move down week, the list week one, too. Week one, yes. Week one, I'm starting Kelsey. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll just throw that guy out there, week one. So what about like somebody like DeAndre Hopkins who we're lower on? I think I would start Locke. Okay. And see, that's where I think we differ a little bit, where it's like, I mean, I'm lower on DeAndre Hopkins. I think that Drew Locke takes that step this year, but I can't be sure. I can be sure that DeAndre Hopkins is going to produce points i just i i can't be sure what drew lock necessarily is yet by the way he was the 50th fit he ranked 50th 50th in points per game last year in 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 trade addict six above Devonte adams by the way um so yeah i i th- i personally would start somebody that's maybe lower on the list darren waller evan ingram Devonte Adams, Mark Andrews. I mean, I, I and I keep saying Devonte Adams because I see his name, but um, guys like uh, maybe even Cooper Cup, Keenan Allen type that area, I would probably end up starting over Drew Lock at least in the first couple weeks until I know what Drew Lock actually is. 
Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough, Stompy. I, I think that's that's a, a very reasonable take. And look, we get we still have we're about halfway through Jeez. the quarterbacks that we wanted to hit. Yeah. So so let's do some. This will get e- this will get easier here. We're we're gonna go quick and not like John Hoke quick. We're gonna go quick. All right, Stompy. So prepare for battle. Tom Brady. Uh, I said Darren Waller. I you you had brought up before we even. Uh, started the show you had brought up concerns with Darren Waller I still think he's the pass catcher one there Um, he's the one with probably the most chemistry with Derek Carr Uh, yes you have Henry Ruggs who I don't think is going to be a thing in year one because he has two quarterbacks who aren't gonna who don't throw deep and a a coach who doesn't want to throw deep Um, Braylon Edwards who is a rookie Sure, you have Tyrell Williams. He's off injured. I don't expect him to get a ton of targets. Hunter Renfro might eat into that, but Darren Waller's a top tight end there, top pass catcher. I'm fine with Darren Waller. I think I still think he's going to be a top five tight end. I'm not really on the Tom Brady train. I just think he's on the he's in the twilight years of his career, and all that Tampa Bay really wants is a is somebody who's not going to turn the ball over. So I don't know if Tom Brady is going to be what everybody thinks he is going to be. So I would rather trust Darren Waller at this point. By the way, Stompy, it is Brian Edwards, not Braylon. Um, I just wanted to correct oh, sorry. you. Before, sorry, sorry. Before, before Twitter comes comes after. Are they cousins? In, in host, maybe. I don't know. Well, let, I'll, I'll look up there. Maybe. All right. All right. Look at. But I, anyways, I, I yeah, I think this one. For me, it was more about Tom Brady. Um, you know, we saw Tom Brady last year. He wasn't very good. I mean, he just wasn't for fantasy purposes. Um, he's older. Uh, so so what is he? Now he goes to a team that has better weapons. Gronk is back. He has Mike Evans. He has Chris Godwin and everyone salivating. Well, I think he's going to be good. There are players that I would take and start over. One of them is Allen Robinson. And I know a lot of people are very high on Allen Robinson. I think Allen Robinson um, – you know, the, the good the good thing about Allen Robinson, look, he, he's put up numbers in this offense already. It hasn't been a good offense previously, um, but he's put up good numbers. He's in a contract year. He's still, you know, in his prime. Uh, so, you know, I mean, there's a lot of benefits to Allen Robinson, but the problem is, is, man, that offense not only is bad, but he might not even have Trubisky to rely on. It might be Nick Foles. I don't know which is better and which is worse for his fantasy value. Um, I don't know what the play calling is going to be. I mean, Matt Nagy has already come out and said that, you know, it was his fault he didn't run the ball enough. And I'm hoping that he he actually means it and is going to run the ball a little bit more here. Um, but I, I just – I. I have some questions on Allen Robinson. Um, ultimately, I like his talent, and I would bank on him over Tom Brady uh, at the Superflex spot. So to me, Allen Robinson was my answer. I'm higher on Brady than you are, though, I know, Stompy. Uh, but that was that was kind of where I was. The, the line there for me was Allen Robinson. Listen, I don't mind Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady is a great late-round QB in, in um, re- redraft, but I think he's going to go earlier than that, and I just don't love it. So... I don't think he's going to be Jameis Winston this year. Um, and they're just not going to score as many points because he's not going to turn the ball over. Um, I don't, I don't mind Allen Robinson. Um, I actually answered Allen Robinson on this next one, but I just, that QB situation is so bad and I just don't know what's going to come out of it this year. It, it could be a shit show. It really could. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm not trusting Allen Robinson necessarily. I understand Tom Brady will score fantasy points. I believe he was still, I, I mean, I would have to look. He was still a top 12 uh, QB in terms of points per game. Um, 
that wasn't even close, was it? Jeez, he was nope, he was 22nd. So, but he, he still had 24 touchdowns and only eight interceptions and over 4,000 yards. And he has better pass catchers now. I just don't think that I think that's probably where you're sitting too, is probably for, let's just say 4,300 yards, 25 to 30 touchdowns, uh, minimal interceptions. So he could be top like 16, but I just, I, he's still going to produce points. And I just don't know if you can really trust Allen Robinson because of his QBs, not because Allen Robinson, Allen Robinson somehow produces with bad QB play. Regardless, if he's fully healthy, he has produced with bad QB play, but he also didn't produce with bad QB play in two of those seasons as well. So I just don't know what he, what I can expect from the Chicago Bears this season. Yeah, fair enough. The guy, the thing with Robinson is, I don't think he's never had a good QB throwing him the ball. It's nope. just, it's funny. It started with Bortles and it went to Bortles 2.0 with Trubisky. Um, all right, so moving on. Prepare for battle. Joe Burrow is the next name here. Joe Burrow has all the hype. Number one overall pick for the Cincinnati Bengals. Going into Cincinnati, we expect him to start right away. You already gave away your answer, Stompy, for Joe Burrow. Yeah, I mean, right now, Joe Burrow's ranked above guys who have produced in the NFL, who have produced top 10 seasons in the NFL, and I don't get it. I hate that so much. Like, I get it in dynasty fine, I guess, but I mean, he's ahead of Carson Wentz. I believe, I think he's ahead of Josh Allen. Um, I don't agree with that because you don't know what he is. He is a one year producer in the, in, uh, college football. Sure. He had a dominant season. He had one of the greatest seasons as a quarterback of all time, but I don't know what he is in the NFL yet. So to rank him above those guys is crazy to me. So that's why, I mean, I just said Allen Robinson's a little iffy to me above Tom Brady. I'm taking Allen Robinson here because like I said, he produced with bad QBs. He's done it twice before he's done Q wide receiver one seasons twice before with bad QB play. So I would rather trust Allen Robinson, who I think is an elite wide receiver who has been put in bad situations versus a guy who hasn't played a snap yet. I would rather have the veteran wide receiver that has produced other and not the rookie quarterback who hasn't, who hasn't touched an NFL field. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I think my problem isn't with Joe Burrow exclusively. My problem is the way that people rank rookies, to be honest, they're just ranked too high all all across the board. Um, you know, we, we talked last week about Jonathan Taylor and Clyde Edwards Hilaire going in the second round of startups. That's insane. That is ridiculous when they're going over guys like Nick Chubb and Delvin Cook. Like that's that's there's that should not happen. You know, that it really shouldn't snoppy. So um I I yeah, that I think is is insane. Um so I'm gonna get to my name. My name is Stefan Diggs. And to me, Stephon Diggs is a guy who I, I'm not all that high on uh, because he goes to a team that, like you and I, Stompy, we, we talked about already. Uh, he goes to a Buffalo Bills team that is more run run heavy. Um, he's relying on Josh Allen to throw the ball to him, which isn't his strong suit. I'm not going to say he can't pass because he can, but, I mean, you know, it's just not – he doesn't do it accurately uh, a high percentage of the time. So, 
Um, I, I don't love Stefan Diggs, but if I'm being honest, man, I don't, like you said, I don't know what I have in Joe Burrow year one. I mean, I'm talking about one year. Uh, long term, yeah, give me Burrow. I, I can sit and wait for him to develop and quarterbacks, you know, play in the league a long time. But for one year, man, to me, it's it's Stephon Diggs. I'll take Stephon Diggs. I'll take the chance that uh, that Buffalo is going to utilize him in the red zone, that they're going to score enough touchdowns to make him fantasy relevant. Um, and I don't even love Stephon Diggs. It's just that was where the line was for me on Joe Burrow. And again, it's not because of Joe Burrow's talent. It's just because I expect some growing pains, and I just don't know what we're going to get out of him. If I'm Cincinnati, I'm relying very heavily this year on Joe Mixon and on the short passing game and high percentage uh, completions and that sort of thing. Um, If if I'm the Bengals, as opposed to relying on Joe Burrow's arm year one right away. So uh, that's kind of where I drew that line, Stompy. Am I nuts? Yes, because I don't like Stefan Diggs this year or with Buffalo in general. I would much rather have the QB in that situation. We just talked about it with Josh Allen. Where are these when we talked about Josh Allen is where these targets are coming from. They're not a pass first team. Now, OBJ can thrive with limited targets. I mean, he only had 93 last season and still put up great numbers. And I don't I think he's only had one season of over 100 targets in his career, and yet we still rank him as high as we do, but it's the, the target numbers are still going to limit him. And now he doesn't have one of the most accurate QBs in the, in the NFL throwing to him. He has one, he has probably the least, I I would have to look probably the least accurate starting QB in the NFL throwing to him. So I just, I can't get behind this one. Even even though Joe Burrow is a rookie, he's still he is still throwing to AJ Green, Tyler Boyd, John Ross. Um, they have T. Higgins as well, and then Joe Mixon is poised for his best season of his career. I just cannot get behind Stefan Diggs here. I but I am also much lower on Stefan Stefan Diggs than a lot of people are. Yeah, I look, I don't expect him to be what he was last year. I mean, last year in a PPR format, he was what wide receiver eight. Um that I, I don't think that that's his ceiling. I don't think that that it's anywhere near that. I think maybe wide receiver 13, 14, a high end wide receiver two might be a little bit more. I, and look, we look at last year's wide receiver twos. I mean, Julian Edelman, Allen Robinson, Robert Woods, Devante Parker. I think Diggs can be in that range. I, I, I really do. Um, so that's why I'm there. John Brown was wide receiver 18. Um, I expect Diggs to, to be John Brown, and plus some. Um, so yeah, I think we're a little different on digs, but, uh, but that that's all right because I, well, I, and by the way, I don't, I think that's about right. I mean, I think you're probably looking at where John Brown, uh, I think uh, where I think digs is ceiling this year is what John Brown did last year. I mean, people seem to underestimate what John Brown did last year with, with Josh Allen, but I think that's about it. Maybe slightly better, but I still think that limits him. So that's why it's one of those things where it's like, okay, if Joe, if Joe Burrow is even like 75% of what people think he can be, he's going to put up decent numbers uh, week in, week out. And I just, I don't know where, I mean, Stefan Diggs could very easily be, he could be erratic. He could have great games. He could have horrendous games because it's Josh Allen. So I, that's where it's like, mm, that's a little bit of a reach for me. I think I'm still starting Burrow at that point. Okay, fair enough. Let's move on. 
prepare for battle. Next name we have is Gardner Minshew. I find Gardner Minshew to be pretty polarizing. Seems like uh, a lot of people in the fantasy community are either really on board with Gardner Minshew or kind of kind of out on on the whole Minshew experience. Um, so so where are you at with that, and who would you start over Minshew, or who would you take over Minshew in a superflex? By the way, I actually like Minshew this year. Um, as a, especially as a QB three, I kind of, I've been taking him in most of my startups as my QB three, because I think, I, I don't think he's in trouble at any point. I mean, they just shipped out a guy. They signed to a humongous contract. They picked a fifth rounder, seventh round QB. And while yes, you could point to Gardner Minshew as the example here of a, a late round quarterback taking over the, inco- the quote unquote incumbent starter. But at the same time, Gardner Minshew played well enough to basically bench Nick Foles, who they, again, signed to a four-year, $88 million contract, and then they shipped him off. So that tells me Gardner Minshew's entrenched for at least this year, probably into the future, unless they start to go – unless they start to get or unless they go QB like next year, if they have, if they're bad and they could very easily do that. They could very easily get somebody like Lawrence or J- uh, Justin Fields, or um, I just lost the third guy, but you get the point. Like their, their, their team could be that bad where they could get a elite quarterback next year. So for this year and Gardner Minshew, I like him. Um, so with that being said, I just don't know if they're – I mean, they have – they actually have some legitimate wide receivers there. I mean, so DJ Chark broke out last year. I like LaVisca Chenault. I think a lot of people are underrating LaVisca Chenault as a weapon. D.D. Westbrook isn't gone. Um, Keelan Cole's still there, which I think we gave up too much on him. He just I think he just lost confidence. Um, so that's inter- that's another interesting prospect there is Keelan Cole. Um, so they could throw the ball. I just don't think they're going to, I think they're going to ride Fournette into the ground. So with that being said, I think Gardner Mitchell will be fine, but the guy that I would, I think the last wide receiver I would start over him is Terry McLaurin. And this is a little, I think it's a little controversial, not too controversial. Terry McLaurin put up great numbers last year with one of the worst QB situations in the league. I mean, Case Keenum, I mean, who started? So was it? No, it was Case Keenum that started, right? Mm-hmm. Keenum started the year as the starter. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then, and then it transitioned to Dwayne Haskins, who at that point had started one year of football in his career, started one year, put up 50 touchdowns in that year, but started one year. So he's still got a lot to build. Um, and then, they switched coaches in the middle of the season, switched offensive philosophies. He didn't have an, a, a, another pass catcher. Basically he just had Terry McLaurin. So they still have, they have Kelvin Harmon. Um, they drafted Thaddeus Moss. Uh, I think they picked a wide receiver, but they should get better this year. He should be better this year. And they have, they're in the Ron Rivera and, um, and North Turner's son, which I think it's Scott Turner's offense who where they do a lot of like the dump down to the running back. So by the way, I would be looking, I would be getting Antonio Gibson right now because I don't think 
Darius Geis is going to see healthy. And I think Antonio Gibson could get heavily involved early on or Bryce Love for that matter for the fourth or fifth round pick. Anyway, that's beyond the point. So with that in mind, Terry McLaurin put up great numbers with a bad QB situation, switching offenses. Now you're in a probably a better offensive scheme. I have to believe they're going to feed that dude the ball. He He's a fantastic route runner. He, he's He's got chemistry with Dwayne Haskins already, two years now of chemistry. So I think Terry McLaurin's, uh, I think he's a good wide receiver too this season. And I very easily could see him being better than Gardner Minshew. Yeah, I, I would take him over Gardner Minshew. Um, I, first off, I think Dwayne Haskins stinks. Um, I don't think he's going to be the starter there, but that's okay because Kyle Allen will take over. And when he does, that's only going to be good things for going to going to mean good things for Terry McLaurin in my opinion. So, uh, yeah, I like McLaurin. I would take him over Gardner Minshew. But truth be told, you and I are on opposite spectrums on Gardner Minshew, and it's not because I don't like his talent. I don't like his supporting cast. I mean, I like D.D. Westbrook. Jacksonville for some reason doesn't. I mean, they don't seem to. I mean, there were times when he wasn't on the field, and Chris Conley was last year. That's insane to me. Um, it, it just the way that they use those receivers and their coaching staff to me, it just, it, it, I, I don't know. I don't trust that coaching staff. I don't think that team is going to be very good. And so I don't want much Gardner Minshew. And I think it's going to be pretty clear when I tell you who I would take over him and start over him. And that's Christian Kirk. Look, Christian Kirk is a guy who's been forgotten, uh, in my opinion, uh, and, and kind of written off a little bit too soon. Look, there's a lot of pass catching options in Arizona, but the guy who benefits the most from DeAndre Hopkins going there is Christian Kirk. Look, DeAndre Hopkins is going to draw the attention, not Christian Kirk. Uh, you know, Larry Fitzgerald is the savvy veteran. They're not going to ignore him, but Christian Kirk is the guy who can get free in this offense. In my opinion, I think he sees the biggest uptick. I think Christian Kirk is a guy who people are sleeping on that I would take over a QB three like Gardner Minshew, because I think Christian Kirk's ceiling is that high. I, I really think his ceiling is high end wide receiver too, kind of where you were saying McLaurin is and uh, Stompy. And I, I, I would take McLaurin over Kirk, but I think Kirk has that high ceiling. I really do. This offense going into his second year, he's uh, built up another year of chemistry with Kyler Murray. And I think that's just all a good thing. Um, and, uh, and to me, Christian Kirk, again, is the guy who benefits the most from DeAndre Hopkins coming over to Arizona. I expect this to be a pass-first offense, and I think Christian Kirk is going to get a, his share of the pie of that passing offense. So, um, yeah, I would take Christian Kirk over Gardner Minshew. Stompy, tell me I'm nuts. You're nuts. Um, I get that you don't like Gardner Minshew. I mean, I, this, is, this is just throwing all sorts of disrespect on Gardner Minshew. So much. Shame. I should get I should get Bobby Koch on here to yell at you about that nonsense. I'm hoping he does. That's why. That's part of the reason why I said this. I'm hoping that he gives. I was going to say Steve Slayton, but I because it's a giant. I I just say the way because I want I want that hate from Bobby. Uh, not Steve Slayton. Um, what's God Darius Slayton? Darius Darius Slayton. Darius. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Thank you. You yeah. saved me from Twitter. Yeah, got you. It saved this saved you from them them trolls and them negative Nancys. Uh. But, I mean, this is just throwing all sorts of disrespect because I, I don't know. We just talked about we, – we've already talked about the the pass-catching situation in Arizona with DeAndre Hopkins. So you added DeAndre Hopkins to a team whose highest 
targeted wide receiver had 109 targets in Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk only had 108. Now Christian Kirk, I believe only played 14 games. So he was the highest targeted per game, but you have three wide receivers entering their second season. The second season is generally thought of and has been proven to be the season where uh, wide receiver breakouts occur mostly or most of the time. So I think it's like 29% to 27% in their third season. Um, but Christian Kirk is the wide receiver. It's the pass catcher three at best, I think on that offense right now. Um, and I don't know where he's going to play is my, my thing. Uh, I know they play a lot of four and five wide sets, but at the same time, that means that there's tons, tons of, uh, passing options out there. Not to mention Kenyon Drake can catch the ball. So I guess my thing is like, you really enter. I mean, I, I, I guess both of these guys are questionable in terms of Minshew and Kirk, but if that's the case, give, give me the guy who's the QB because at the very least, like you said, he's touching the ball literally every down. He's touching the ball literally every down on offense where with Christian Kirk, you can't guarantee targets anywhere. I mean, you, you could get zero one week and he could get eight the next. And so even, even if, the quarterback has a bad game. There's still or a, a reasonably bad game, not like four interceptions, 100 yards, negative points, but a reasonably bad game. You're still going to get points out of him. Whereas like a reasonably bad game for Christian Kirk could be a big old goose egg. Yeah, that's fair enough. I, I get that. And I see this to me has more to do with, not with Minshew as a quarterback or Minshew's talent, but more to do with the way I see Jacksonville. I think that team might be the worst team in the NFL this year. I, I think they're battling for that 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 spot, and uh, and I think that'll affect Minshew uh, moving forward. I don't think, um, yeah, I, I think they're going to run the ball more than they should. I don't think they're going to pass as much, and when they do pass, I just don't think that they have the options that other teams do. So I, I just want out on Minshew. I guess is my main thing, not because of him, but because of that situation. So. Uh, Stompy, let's move forward. We got one more quarterback to discuss. Prepare for battle. And that is the, uh, and and everyone's going to tune in for this. This is the name everyone wanted to hear, Stompy. Here it is. Derek Carr. That's right, Derek Carr. He's the best. He, he may yeah. not even finish the season as the starting quarterback. We, I, I don't even know if I, you know, Michael Thomas. Would you? I, I mean, man, it's really hard to think of anyone who you would start over Derek Carr, right? Yeah, I mean, I think he's got to be your if he's got to be one of the top QB twos in the league. In fact, I, I would think that he is a borderline QB one, and you should be. I'm okay. I can't, I can't continue yeah. that first. That's that's enough. This one, it, it, I, I don't know if this is worse than Gardner Minshew or, it, or, or Terry McLaurin, but I said Hunter Henry. And I, and I think it's a little bit iffy where it's like uh, the dude hasn't played, and, and I didn't know this, James pointed out to me, he hasn't played a complete season in his career. So that injury risk is always there. He missed four games last year. Obviously, he missed the entirety of 2018 with the ACL. And then in 2017, I don't necessarily know what happened with his injuries there, but has not played a full season in his career to date. Um, has a new quarterback in either Tyrod Taylor or or uh, Justin. Her- I, I like to call him Hair Bear. 
because I like to think he's Canadian, Justin Herbert, um, but Justin Herbert. Uh, so I, I guess I don't know where this goes, but Hunter Henry is top five tight end talented. He just needs to stay on the field. And I, but I don't know where or, or how these targets are going to go, how this offense is going to go. I feel like Austin Eckler is going to be a top five running back because they're going to do a lot of dumping down with Tyrod Taylor and Justin Herbert in his rookie season. They are not in a contending window, in my opinion. So Hunter's risky. Hunter Henry's risky. I think he still can be a top 10 tight end, but I, there's a lot of question marks. So that just tells you how you feel, how to feel about Derek Carr. Again, doesn't throw downfield. They rely on Josh Jacobs a lot. They also drafted Lynn Bowden and Jalen, and they brought back Jalen Shard, all, all short field type pass catchers. Um, I don't think Henry Ruggs really plays into it. I do think Hunter, Ren, Hunter Renfro uh, coming back does play a little bit. And like I said, Darren Waller's the pass catcher one there. It's a lot of short field passing to me. And Derek Carr may not have a job at the end of the season. By midway through the season, they might just go, well, let's just see what Mariota can do. At least that guy can run and just give it to Mariota. So, I mean, Derek Carr's just, he had that one good season. And after that, he's been mediocre at best and awful a lot of the time. So give me, give me the injury prone tight end who has top five upside versus the bottom third, bottom quarter, bottom sixth quarterback in the league who very very well may not have a job by the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, you stole a lot of my thunder there because uh, to me, I, I agree, Hunter Henry's upside is very high, and, uh, and that's why I would take him over Derek Carr as well. Um, but yeah, Derek Carr to me, I, look, this hurts. This is going to hurt me to say. This is like a confessional, like a, 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 a James the Brain confessional that, uh, that he's going to do right now. And and I, it's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt me to say it, but Marcus Mariota could really thrive in this offense. I think I do. I think he's a much better fit in this offense than Derek Carr is. If Marcus Mariota is a system quarterback and can be good in the system, this is the system for him. So I think Derek Carr is uh, replacement level. And like you said, I think if Mariota comes in, not only do I think that that'll be the end of Carr, but Mariota might actually be pretty good in this offense. Um, so, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, and this isn't even about like not giving Mariota credit. Mariota just is, has reached, I think his peak of what he is as a quarterback. Like, like I said, or I, like I've, and, and we were, I was talking to Matt Waldman on a, on a different podcast and he said, Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota are, are very much alike in terms of they do fine in structure. They do horrendously outside of structure. And I mean, the point is to get these guys, get quarterbacks outside of structure with that pass rush. And now you, and, and, and now you're in the um, AFC West with three monstrous pass rushes. So I just don't, I don't think Mariota is going to be much better than he was with the Titans. I, yeah there's no reason to think it because he didn't really take a step forward as the Titans quarterback. 
Yeah, no, that's true. And 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 again, I'm no Mariota truther. <laughs> don't, don't don't confuse me with that. I do feel like though this system is better for a mobile quarterback being able to get them on the move, being able to move that pocket. And I think he's better at that than Derek Carr is. But either way, I, I'm taking a guy that is a, a relative unknown as well. I'm taking Jerry Judy, who is a rookie wide receiver going to Denver. Um, he probably starts out as their wide receiver too, and might even be third uh, in the pecking order as far as um, as far as you know pass catchers go. You know, right away as soon as he walks into the league. But I think I'd still take him um, o- over Derek Carr. I, I don't think much of Derek Carr again, and I I really like Jerry Judy. I mean, his ceiling is. You want to talk about ceilings? I think his ceiling is super high. Um, he's he's a fantastic wide receiver. Denver landing him. Man, I mean, just what I, I really felt like that pick was strong for them. And, uh, and yeah, I, I, I like Jerry Judy a lot. I would take him over Derek Carr pretty easily in a super flex league and start him weekly. I agree with that. Uh, well, maybe I, I shouldn't be so forceful with that. I do agree. He is a rookie wide receiver, though. So I think this more puts disrespect on Derek Carr than it puts, than it's saying that Jerry Judy is bad. I think Jerry Judy is going to be a wonderful NFL receiver. I think Calvin Ridley is his floor. Jerry Judy's floor. I think Calvin Ridley is better, or or, sorry, Jerry Judy is better than Calvin Ridley um, and enters a great situation. This year, I don't know if he's going to do it, but I guess if I think Drew Locke can be top five, Jerry Judy's going to be heavily involved there. Um, And I mean, with with Pat Shermer, we've seen the slot receiver get monster numbers. I mean, Adam Thielen, uh, Sterling Shepard, when he was on the field the last two years, has been great. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, Jerry Judy being the slot receiver, and yes, he he will be the slot flanker. He will be the Emmanuel Sanders on this team. He very easily could put up points in his rookie season. I would much rather take – I mean, I think – I'm taking Jerry Judy regardless, just because I would rather shoot for the ceiling than worry what Derek Carr is going to do. I, I mean, Derek Carr is a QB three at best on your team right now. And I would rather much rather have see what Jerry Judy can do. So in a startup, I'm taking Jerry Judy over Derek Carr. Um, and likely I'm starting Jerry Judy week to week over Derek Carr, unless like there's just a spectacular matchup or Derek Carr pulls something out of a hat this season. Yeah. And again, uh, you know, this, uh, I, I don't think a lot of listeners are going to think this is a hot take because rookies are ranked so highly. Um, and, and so I'm assuming that and I, I haven't looked at the ADP information, but I'm assuming that Jerry Judy is going rounds ahead of Derek Carr just based on how high rookies go. Um, so it's probably not a hot, you know, most people are probably going, yeah, yeah, I do that pretty easily. Um, but to me, it's, it's a little bit closer, um, not because I'm, I'm high on Derek Carr, but just because, again, I, uh, I, I like Jerry Judy and I'm, I'm a little bit lower on rookies in general than everybody else is uh, overall. So, uh, Stompy, that's it for us, man. That's the last name we, we got through them. Uh, any closing thoughts, anything, uh, anything on your mind you want to get off your, uh, your chest here? On your mind that you want to get off your chest? I, I think that was pretty good. Yeah, well, I listen, my body is just a giant brain. Um <laughs> I mean, nothing that doesn't involve curse words. Uh but all right, let, let's at, at the end of the day, let's just wrap up what this exercise was. 
This was to show, and I know that James and I kind of did a little bit of, we'll call it trolling <laughs> last week. Couldn't do it this week because John's not here and he can't react. Um, but at the end of the day, you're generally going to be starting a QB unless your QB situation is that poor or your skill position situation is that great where you're starting somebody over your QB two. Most quarterback twos are outproducing any running back, any wide receiver, any tight end, even in 1.75 tight end premium. So I know what the, I know John, that was the point of driving this home. We had to have a little fun with it, but at the end of the day, you should, if you have a good quarterback situation where you have decent a decent QB2, you should be starting him every week unless you have mitigating circumstances. Absolutely agree with that. 100% Stompy, you're, you're totally right. And also, for, from our perspective, look, we could have named all the, the usual names. Oh, the only guy I would take over this guy is Michael Thomas. Oh, the only guy I would take over this guy is uh, Saquon Barkley. We could have done that, and it would have been a pretty boring listen because it would have been pretty evident to everyone that they would have done that. Basically, what we were doing is just throwing out names that you can consider you know, certain weeks, you know, guys that are going around that ADP. And if you don't agree with us, then, you know, help us, help us change that ADP because we're pretty close on ADP from that, those quarterbacks, you know, as opposed to the running backs that we were choosing. So um, if, if we're way off, then that means that the ADP a lot of times was way off on some of our stuff. So um, with that, well, I'm going to close up, uh, close up this episode and, uh, First off, I want to thank everybody for listening. I also would like to thank Heart and Soul Radio for the use of their song, The Addiction. Also, a special thanks to Dynasty League Football and their family of podcasts, as well as the entire DLF staff for their ongoing support. Make sure to follow and send questions and trade polls to the podcast handle on Twitter at Superflex Show. We can retweet them, get you more votes. Sometimes we'll even bring them on the show and discuss them. But until next time, stay sexy. And super flexy. Bye.